Can you believe it? Ten episodes. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised we've made it this far. It's kind it's of amazing odd. that we've made it this far. Let, let's be real. <laughs> It's a uh, it's a milestone, really. I think uh, they'll be talking about this day at least at least for the next ten years. I think for the next it's ten about... years. Wow. Okay. No, probably sure. not. Probably Aim, not. Aiming ten, high. Ten, I like ten's it. The number for tends the theme for the night. So yes. welcome to welcome to cast strength, everybody. Uh, everyone in the chat. Everyone watching on the playback on uh, whatever platform you may be listening or watching us. Welcome and thank you for sticking with us. It's yeah, we know it's been a long, hard, bumpy road. <laughs> I don't know what you <laughs> mean we by that, Josh. It's, it's been perfectly smooth and professional the entire way through. I don't know what you could possibly be talking about. Of course, of course. So, uh, ten episodes. We plucked everything out of our collections that we have that's ten years old exactly, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, and we all happen to have in common Eagle Rare. So that's right. That's what I've got in my glass. And those guys have in their glass right now a little bit of yeah. Eagle Rare, 10 years old. Uh, what is Eagle Rare? Is 40, 45%? Yeah. Yep. And uh, oh, it looks like a few, at least Steve A in the chat has uh, has some Eagle Rare in his yeah, glass as well. Of people I, have, I assume uh, that's a common one. Like a ton of people yeah. might. Ton of people might <laughs> have that. Uh, Mitch, I don't. Mitch, I don't intend to drink everything that's ten years old. I just pulled it all out to be available. <laughs> just Eli, all of it. Gonna, drink gonna, a, gonna all drink. of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I've got uh, I've got seven here that are dead on exactly ten. Right. So I have four and a fifth special one. Yeah. I have uh, five that beside me. I think I have a couple extras in the cabinet that I didn't pull down, but I think five will probably be enough for for getting through the episode probably. without dying. It's probably more than enough. Some of these are pretty strong too. Like I've got the Octomortin here. I've got a Whistle Pig that's like almost sixty percent, and I've got uh, two of the Port Charlottes. Those are a hundred proof at least. So and. Uh, what do you have over there uh, after the Eagle Rare? Uh, I've, got, I've got Ardbeg 10, Talisker 10. I've got a Glen Breton 10, which is a Canadian oh, uh, single malt, which is interesting. And the mm. uh, Eagle Rare and uh, Port Charlotte 10 in the fancy new bottle. I nice. love those new bottles. Yeah, they're super cool. If it, it, I have them both here because I had one from before that was like, it's been opened, but that's the new bottle Brad's talking about, right? Versus the old style bottle of Port Charlotte. Looks like that. I love I love the new bottles, man. Yeah, yeah they're really cool. They reek of they reek of like 1920s, 30s industrial bottles. They totally do with like with this uh what do you call that? Is um just the raised glass here. Yeah. That's it's a fancy word, but we don't uh is that embossed? Embossed, maybe? No, embossed is no. pushed in. Oh, okay. Like leather. Okay. Yeah. Or I guess if you're looking at it from the inside, it's technically embossed. Maybe. I don't Maybe. Know. All these fancy words. Can we just drink <laughs> whiskey and talk about whiskey? So <laughs> enough I'm not words. Confused. Enough words. Uh, Ross, no, I, I have a couple of the Freugs uh, in the cabinet, but none of them are the 10. They're both Cargis, um releases, the Fino 
and the uh, Madeira. The Madeira I have as well. Mm. So, yeah, the Frog Ten. I do have, do have Ardbeg Ten for something kind of in that same, you know, ballpark. But yeah, not that. Uh, um, Steve A has corrected us. It's a relief. There um, you go. Relief. A relief in the in the bottle. I will believe you. Sure. Yeah. Let's go with that. <laughs> Fair enough. Steve, the, the chat counts as our research department, and I'm sure it's completely factual. It's fine. <laughs> I'm totally not going to fact check that at all. Nope. <laughs> um, so I heard a good quote, or I read a good quote. I think it was on the uh, Whiskey Tribe subreddit. I don't know if you guys saw it, but it was from this. Um, there's a book apparently out there about Irish single pot still whiskey. Like not just Irish whiskey in general, like specifically about single pot still whiskey, I guess, um, called a glass apart. And there was a quote from there I thought was amazing. It was whiskey snobbery is like fungus. It, it feeds on bullshit and prospers in the dark. Um, I like it. That's, that's deep. I like it. Yeah. I like it It too. I like it too. Oh, the The whiskey whiskey mariachi is in the chat. Mariachi. Hey, Ray. I wish I could imitate his uh, his laugh, but I would do it no justice. <laughs> don't don't even, try, even man. try, Yeah. <laughs> Should I just try it? I mean, That's you up know, to you man. <laughs> give me give me another couple of pours. Yeah, wait, wait, wait until you're a couple in. Man, reminds me in an hour at your own risk. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone reminds me in an hour, I'll try it. <laughs> awesome. So, so Vito, have you filled out yes, the sir. survey yet from the Ontario government? Ah, yes. I was hoping we were going to talk about this. Of course. I have. Um, <laughs> what a, I, I, I hate the government, man. It, it, I, was, I was, I was laughing. I was laughing so hard filling it out. Do you have some of the questions in front of you? Because uh, uh, I can actually pull them up right on screen here. Let's see. Yeah, pull, pull them up and let's 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 give everybody how like our un um, unfiltered answers on. So on these, so this uh, is just to to fill people in. It's a survey from the Canadian government, uh, specifically in Ontario, asking about our opinions on different alcohol legalization issues with. You know, who can sell alcohol, how much alcohol can be brought across borders, things like that. All the things that are sort of ridiculously notorious in Ontario for being sort of a crappy situation when it comes to, especially things like whiskey and higher proof alcohols. Yeah, that's interesting that y'all have, uh, we were just talking, what, a few weeks ago about some stuff that was going on, uh, you know, legally with government regulation and stuff in the States. And now y'all have have this going on. They must, they must follow the channel. I guess. There you go. Yeah. Logical so, explanation. So yeah, it's just basically a whole bunch of multiple choice questions and like questions of rating things one to five, like how satisfied you are with different situations. And every time you hit other, you get a nice little spot so you can create your own comments, which I'm sure is going to create all kinds of real fun comments that they're going to have to read. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But yeah, it's just this big, long, I mean, it's not super long, but, you know, just a bunch of questions and then some very general demographic questions. Like it's an anonymous thing, essentially. They want to know roughly how old you are and where you live. But other than that, it's basically a free for all. So if you're over 19, uh, feel free to fill in the survey. We'll put a link in the description somewhere. 
so that people yeah, can we, we want to put it in the get, chat uh, so that people Ontario, can see um, kind of on par with some of the other Ontario uh, Canadian provinces that do whiskey a lot more efficiently not not even just whiskey just a sp alcohol, spirits yeah. and alcohol in general right a lot better than Ontario um, so what was what was your uh, favorite question or, or or least favorite question I guess whichever whichever replies uh, for me actually Brad you go ahead and, and answer you can answer first um, probably the stuff about like the limits of where to buy alcohol because mm -hmm. right now the the only place to buy high proof alcohol like any sort of whiskey gin you know any any high proof alcohol in ontario is the lcbo that's it government run stores they're all basically the same it's like walking into a mcdonald's you know once you've seen one you've seen them all some of them are a little right. bigger a little smaller but basically it's uniform across the board same with pricing everything sometimes there's manager sales for a couple of dollars here and there but essentially once you see one you've seen everything that you can get in ontario more or less if you go to visit the website they might have a couple more here and there but basically you have no mom and pop situations like i know in texas you got a bunch of different places you can go to total wine or specs or all these different smaller places uh, and there's nothing like that here. Yeah. Yeah. There's like big chains and then there's smaller like liquor stores that are, you know, kind of corner hole in the wall type places. Uh, yeah, we have, it, it, it's kind of different. Like, you know, y'all have a small advantage in that you can go onto a website and go, well, this particular store has this in stock, doesn't have that in stock. You can have things transferred, stuff like that. So there's like a tiny bit of efficiency though, but on the whole, it's there, there's a it's tiny not, bit of efficiency sometimes but just the selection right. is almost always abysmal yeah overall it's, it's and, not and all, like not one of the questions thing. like if more retail channels were made available what would be most important to you as a consumer or business and then there's just lists like the beer store the beer store is sort of a separate entity that can sell beer and wine and uh right. you know private wine stores on-site retail stores, big box stores, corner stores, and grocery stores. Notice what's missing there. Any sort of online component or out of province or country, <laughs> like nothing. So you got to click other if you want to like add basically anything that most other places have access to already as an option. Yeah. It's, right. it's, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole lot of uh, silliness and there are some benefits. Like we, Everybody kind of, you know, poo-poo's the LCBO. The good, the, the redeeming aspect of how this is set up is that they put a lot more precedence and uh, awareness on Ontario breweries and distilleries and wineries. Right? Sure. So there's, a, for like all the smaller, like, um, you know, craft stuff. Yeah, uh, um, there's a lot more presence, so it's not like they're fighting. Uh, the LCBO um, gives space and a lot space based on the amount of distilleries and you know, all, like everything that's in Ontario. Yeah, there's so, a like, little bit of a synergy between like local producers and then the the government retail. Yeah, right. so like like for that, if you like local stuff, it's it's great because you can find just about anything you want there. Um, uh, but the downside is that the international <clears throat> the international uh, section for anything is 
always super super light minus california red california red wines is a buttload but other, other than that like spirit wise it's it's it's, it's ridiculously um shallow so. yeah and even within canada like uh you know stuff coming out of nova scotia now or the yukon or whatever there's very little availability in ontario for most of that stuff yeah sure sure uh Quick, quick question because I, I just got uh, a text from uh, one of the guys from Balcones, he, and I don't know how to answer it. If okay. he was at a, if he was at a bar, and this may be more for the chat than anything else, actually, if you're at a bar in Texas and they have Pappy Van Winkle, fifteen year old, how much should a ha- ounce and a half pour? How much should you pay for that? I'm curious. I guessed. It's been a while since I've like gone to a bar and ordered something like that, but I guessed forty dollars. In, in how much would to I it. pay, or how much I think it's right. that those are different. What, what would be what those would be different. like a not unreasonable going rate? Not like would it be worth it to you? But like, right? I would probably uh, yeah forty forty five bucks probably I would guess. Yeah, I like put it at thirty. Um, yeah, I'd probably say thirty American. Yeah, I pay, I say it's 30, 30 American for an ounce and a half it, for, okay. for myself. I was like, um, yeah, I wasn't sure if whether that was like way off, if it should be like $80 or something like that. Yeah, that's a good point. I just saw uh, a friend, uh, Whiskey and Barbecue, uh, he's a local YouTube channel as well that we've talked about before. You guys should go check him out. Uh, Seven Grand's menu is probably a good place to check for that. So local, local <laughs> whiskey bar. Anyway. I was just curious. That kind of caught my attention there. I wasn't. I wasn't sure how to answer that question. So. Yeah. Yeah. That sort of stuff is tough too because it's very different depending on where you are. Uh, you know, a bar in Austin is going to have extremely different prices for that kind of thing as even other places in Texas, let alone other states or Canada or you know Ireland or wherever. It's Actually, I wonder. I wonder. Um, James uh, Bricker is in the chat. Uh, I'm curious what the actually. Maybe he said 25 to 35 because he's in Las Vegas, right? So is sure. that what you, so James? Is that what you'd pay, or is that what you've seen um, a poor cost? I feel like it would be exorbitant. Uh, I'll learn to speak exorbitantly <laughs> amount more than that in Vegas. It, yeah, you'd think that Vegas would be on the high end. Um, well, probably depending on where you go, I guess. Right, yeah. Vegas seems spot. like a very sort of min-max thing. You either get really great yeah. deals or you get shafted, depending on what you're getting and where you are in the city. There you go. So the du- the double helix, which is a whiskey bar in in um, in on the strip, sixty dollars for the fifteen. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So seems like I wasn't too far off saying forty bucks. That was uh, that seems right in the ballpark anyway, depending on where you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. forty bucks is is uh, is definitely there. So yeah, that that it's always it's always hard answering that because like I have I have friends that have started to ask me questions of like you know concerning prices of bottles and pours and whatnot, and I always feel weird because um, the ones that are asking me are um, are well off. Right. So it's like, well, like, sure. would would you pay this? And, and, and uh, like, I have to put myself in their shoes and just be like, uh, yeah, I would totally buy that for you know that bottle for three hundred dollars. Sure, sure. Uh, in actuality, like, there's no way in hell that I'd buy a bottle <laughs> right. for three hundred dollars at this point. No. 
Right, right. It's 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 totally um, it's so context dependent. Yeah, and like, super you know, whatever you, whatever your budget will tolerate and things yeah. like that. But yeah, it's a hard question to answer. Um, and I mean, you know, this is actually kind of it's a weird segue into something that I was going to ask you guys about. Um, something that's kind of been on my mind. I, I saw I saw this video is related to coffee actually, and I thought it was just kind of an interesting perspective and some things I liked about it and some things I didn't. But it relates perfectly to whiskey as well. Uh, he was talking about when when people get into something like coffee or in our case whiskey, uh, there's a tendency to seek out those things that are you know at least perceived to be the best or better than other, you know, always chasing the better thing, the, the more unattainable thing, the sure. higher end thing. Right. Right. Um, there's a tendency to do that. And then, and then inevitably it kind of gets to this point. If you get to try a bunch of stuff and uh, you, you get to taste all of these things that are incredible and you, you know, it kind of reaches a point where I feel like if everything you're looking for is special, then nothing is special. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, so I don't know. I thought that was like an interesting uh, uh, thing to to discuss. Would be, you know, do you ever purposefully try and incorporate a wide range of things that are, you know, not only the more rare, the more expensive, the higher end, the higher proof, the the older age, all of those things, right? Um, do you do you purposefully try and drink more normal, regular, accessible things so that you? Uh, you have an appreciation for the stuff that's more special and then appreciation for the stuff that's uh, just a little more run of the mill. Well, I could say that I, I definitely do. Uh, I have had the advantage of trying all kinds of very special things in some cases, yeah. extremely expensive and special things uh, <laughs> more than a lot of people would ever pay for anything, <laughs> let alone for a glass of whiskey. Uh, right. And I still find myself coming back. I just poured myself some Talisker 10 and it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it's, it's about sort of variety of experience and it, it's great to have had th those sort of wild experiences and even been sort of disappointed in, in a lot of them because a lot of the times the hype doesn't match what ends up in the glass. Right. Yeah. Completely. Agree. But it's, it's, Completely it's agree. about it's fun. experience. And yeah. sometimes, you know, a really amazingly rare glass of whiskey will be a gr great experience. And sometimes all it takes is a familiar friend that you know you love, like Talisker. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, I mean, I mean, quite honestly, it's because of because of you, Brad, that uh, both Vito and I and a bunch of other people have had an opportunity to to be around and, and have some of those experiences and stuff like that, uh, which has been uh, really, really cool. But then it's also great, you know, like you're saying, at the same time to appreciate that there's great things about uh, your Talisker 10 or the Eagle Rare we're drinking right now that's not, not really anything um, too on the high end. Um, I just, I thought that was an important sentiment because there's this tendency to, to, especially right now, like right now is kind of the bourbon season, right? That's right. Where, where everybody's like, everybody wants the Buffalo Trace antique stuff and the Pappy stuff and, you know, all of that really sought after limited, expensive type deal. And, and that's very cool. And some of that stuff's amazing, but, um, you know, when, when, when you're always chasing the best, why do we always have to have the best, right? Sure. 
Um, yeah, I, yeah, I would say I prefer with... chasing the most interesting. Yeah, that's you know? a great way to and that's it. and that's not always going to be the most expensive or rare, uh, or even like uncommon at all. You can find, you know, interesting combinations, even blending, you know, two or three different super cheap common whiskeys and finding a new note or experiencing a whiskey that you've had hundreds of times with someone who's having it for the first time and sort of re-experiencing you know the the origins of of those flavors through the other people so there's always sort of room to to explore and re-explore whether it's a crazy rare fancy art bag that costs you a car payment or you know something cheap from the bar down the street that you're having with friends exactly or you have those those whiskeys that like carry memories right yeah that doesn't matter whether they're cheap or expensive or whatever you associate them with a certain time a place certain person or group of people and 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 that's what makes it you know worthwhile right absolutely uh, james, james bricker in the chat just said we need some hunter mist implied the combination <laughs> of canadian hunter and canadian mist and I do actually have that, the ingredients to make Hunter Mist. That needs to happen at some point, but I think it might technically be a war crime, so we probably shouldn't do it live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'd probably, uh, if we don't have FBI files already, then you but do isn't, that. Yeah. Isn't America the land of the free? You, <laughs> well, I mean, that's I mean, what is, they say, I there guess. There is that. Sure. <laughs> Especially Texas. I mean, what are they going to do? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Do it, Josh. I dare you. I double dog dare you. Oh, now I have to do it. Oh, now you have to do it. <laughs> no, that's true, Ryan. It is all about the Balcones. That's that's right. That's right. There is that. I want to. I want to go back up and answer. Um, is it was it uh, who asked uh, Killajot? Because I while Brad was talking, he brought up Talisker Ten. I have a small little um, sample of my Talisker Ten left that I poured out of the bottle. Uh, to kind of keep it, you know, from aerating too much, oxidizing too much. Right. Um, so, yeah, I was pouring that. He inspired me to pour a little bit of that, keeping with the ten, the, the number 10 theme, of course. Absolutely. So I'm about done with my, my Eagle Rare 10. I'm going to set aside the last little bit of that so I can move on to something else. Um, I'm wondering if... I, so... I have one more American whiskey here and then everything else is scotch. So Do it. Whistle the, pig. Uh, the whistle pig. All right. Yep. While you're doing that, I'm going to go through some of the, some of the comments here. Uh, Jason Unsworth is doing the gold digger mini training in the vault in February. Oh, cool. Yeah. One of the, one of the taste guided tasting deals. That's yeah. Awesome. Any, any 10 whiskeys, my salmon I choose and uh, absolutely reach out to us. Um, Josh and Brad, well, I've been in there too, but not for a much shorter period of time than those two have. But right. uh, they they have a good idea, and they and I'm pretty. You can get the the lovely spreadsheet that uh, Whittington has made. Yeah, uh, you can just look up what they have in the mm-hmm. vault. Really. Yeah, and then create a create a list of stuff like so you don't you don't get um, overwhelmed in the vault because that can happen very quickly. Um, are you doing? Are you, Jason? Are you doing the? Um... I forget if they divide it into Scotch versus American whiskey for the for the gold digger stuff. I, I forget, but I, I, I will tell anything. you this: gold, gold digger, uh, I think, is just have your pick, isn't it? Just across the board, yeah. So. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I will tell you this: 
there was a uh, pro- the one that sticks with me the most anyway, one of the more magical whiskeys I've ever had poured in the vault, which if they still have some, I would highly recommend because you cannot buy it anywhere. They don't make it anymore. It was a Kilhoman uh, Madeira cask. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, that probably wasn't terribly expensive when it came out, but you just can't find it anymore. And I thought it was incredible. So maybe give that a shot. Great, great question right, right here. I just saw a uh, whiskey in the six in here. Hey, oh, man. Is, uh, Robin. Oh, yes. yeah. Welcome, Robin. Um, actually, since uh, uh, we're here now, and Rob's here, uh, for everyone watching, tomorrow, Thursday, December, what day is it tomorrow? December, Thursday, December 20th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time, I'm going to be joining Rob on his channel for a little bit of a hangout. We live fairly close to each other, so it should be um, – should be should be cold. We've not we haven't met each other in person yet, so it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be, it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. We're gonna share some whiskeys that we've never tried uh, with each other, so it's gonna. You guys are uh, free tomorrow night. Come join us on this channel. Absolutely, awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that, so that'll be a lot of fun. Going back to Donald Rance, uh, what would be the whiskeys that hold the most sentimental value to us? Hmm. You want to start? Uh, well, whoever figures it out first most sentimental value and we're you know not, not a lot to say about conus well why <laughs> <laughs> i have okay i have to pick something other than uh let's see let's see um off the top of my head i will say uh the uh, Cole Keegan that I have in the cabinet here that I got from um, from Santa Fe Spirits. It was a the single malt. Yeah, the Cole Keegan single malt. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so Santa Fe Spirits. We um, Gretchen and I went on a vacation there. We hadn't been out of town in a while, and it was just time to to go somewhere. And we, you know, we, we had gone back and forth on destinations we'd fly to and this and that. And we decided we were going to take our Husky uh, Ella along and Santa Fe was close enough to be able to drive and bring the dog. And so we got an Airbnb and I looked up what um, distilleries were out there and we found Santa Fe spirits and, and Daniel Whittington highly recommended that we go there and get the Cole Keegan single malt. So uh, we we ended up going out there, meeting the guy that owns the place, Colin Keegan, and he was just so gracious. And uh, we live streamed their tour, and their tour guide was amazing. And we hung out afterwards, and and uh, just a really really good time, and a whiskey that kind of blew my mind. So um, I have such good memories associated with uh, Cole Keegan single malt. I'd say, and, and I can't get it here, so I would say that would be pretty sentimental for me. Yeah. Also, that was a really good uh, live stream you did. I, I really appreciated that one. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, I, it's it's awkward. I'm like, hey guys, I'm uh, the one who emailed you about uh, holding a camera in your face for the next hours. Are we cool? <laughs> <laughs> so. And they were. Cool. Yeah, they were. They were totally cool. And and so the guy that runs the tours, or at least you know, was was there that day for us uh, that that gave us the tour. Oh, um, Texas, uh, not uh, Santa Fe. Uh, who did he look like? Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was <laughs> like a dead ringer for Neil deGrasse Tyson, both in appearance yes. 
and in his voice. Like he, he had the same cadence and everything. I was like, man, I'm getting a real whiskey to grass Tyson vibe for me right now. He's like, yeah, I get that all the time. <laughs> I bet it does. Uh, How about you, uh, Brad? What's the sentimental whiskey in your most life? Most sentimental. You know, as as sort of mundane as it kind of seems, I'd probably have to go with Ardbeg 10 just because it's the first whiskey that I tried sort of very close to the beginning of my whiskey journey that sort of really just hit me like, oh shit, I love whiskey. Okay, sure. I, can, I can do this now. Because before that, it had been mostly like Canadian stuff or just like super, super sweet. No, no smoke, smoky scotch at all. Right. And a lot of that, Canadian, myths a lot, life, a, a lot, <laughs> you know, crown Royal and Coke, like, you know, sure. nonsense, like from the past, you know, in my college days. And then when I started to actually drink whiskey neat, it was, you know, what I could get my hands on, which was, you know, 40 Creek and other sort of Canadian things that are definitely on the sweeter end of the whiskey spectrum with a very sort of narrow taste profile and Ardbeg was the first one on the really opposite end of the sort of smoky meaty briny like it still had sweetness in there but it was very much secondary to the other things that were going on and just really hit me like okay no whis whiskey is good I, I like this now Right, right, right. It's not the first thing that you were like, wow, I, this is interesting. I've never yeah. had something like this before. Exactly. Yeah. I, real quickly, I saw I didn't want it to like pass by. I think it might have been answered already, but uh, somebody asked uh, Eric Janssen um, what Madeira is. Uh, it's a Portuguese wine, yep. uh, fortified wine, I think, right? Yeah. Yep. So. Um, what about you? Gail? I guess for I guess for me, it would if you had asked me last week, I would have said Lafroy Quarter Cask, because mm -hmm. that was the whiskey, the the first Scotch that I had, where I was like, okay, I'm I'm in this, I'm in the game now, let like let's go. Right. But if you haven't seen uh, my last video that I put on the channel, the Lagavulin Blind Flight, the uh, the 2017 bottling of the Lagavulin 12 would so have to be, would have have to be my um, my pick for most sentimental uh, whiskey. Uh, and I have one thing for I have James Bricker in Vegas to thank for that because he found me a bottle and when I could when I couldn't find it in in Canada, so he 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 picked it up for me and then I picked it up in Vegas the last time I was there. Right. So thank you, James. But yeah, definitely, definitely that one, just because of the the what what happened to me uh, in 2017, and uh, the, just the year itself means a lot. And then the Lagavulin 12 being as good as it is, like it's insanely good. Mm -hmm. uh, it just kind of accentuates it, and just you know, it's just weirdly just you know, mushy and stuff. <laughs> It's a it's mushy. It's it's a mushy thing. Feelings. What are they? I don't like these feelings that I feel. <laughs> it's okay to feel feelings, Fido. It's okay. How dare you make me feel these feelings? Yeah, no, I, I know what I do to you. 
<laughs> but yeah, def definitely the, the Lagavulin 12 2017 would probably be my, my at this point, my most sentimental bottle. Nice. So, yeah. Um, I am done my Tasker 10. I think I'm going to delve into my Octomore 10. Nice. So I poured myself ju just uh, kind of quickly there. Whistle Pig, this is a Specs store pick, but of the 10-year-old rye. And it's 119.3 uh, proof, so 59.7%. Uh, yeah, straight rye finished in bourbon barrels. And, of course, uh, you know, tragically this year, Dave, Brickerl, Dave Pickerel uh, passed away. Yeah. Famously, you know, Whistle Pig right. guy. So... And it's fantastic stuff, man. I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not really a rye guy generally, but this is, you know, it really any whistle pig stuff is pretty, pretty great. Yeah, agreed. Uh -huh. Yeah, whistle pig is one of the few ryes that I tend to enjoy as well. There, there are yeah. definitely a few exceptions, but I'm generally not much for rye. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, what I've the whistle pig old world. This one. Uh, Maybe one or two others, and then uh, a couple of the boss hogs. The boss hogs are ridiculously good. Are, so uh, expensive, but yeah. just delicious. Um, and other rise, like so. What other rise are you a fan of? The, the lot forty cast strength, man. Oh yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. Jason uh, High West High West rise, of course. Ooh, yeah. Um, too, and yeah. I saw Mitch mentioned the Basil Hayden Dark Rye, which is really good. Um, very like kind of desserty, and they put port wine in it, right? So it kind of gets a little bit towards the Midwinter's Night's Dram vibe, but interesting. I don't think I've had the uh, the dark ride from them. Yeah, it's kind of a different thing, and like you like just expect it to be sweet, right? Mm. But um, but that said, it's tasty. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. There's another one actually that, uh, that my friend Jared brought back from um, from Memphis for me. I had it at a whiskey tasting, just at a somebody threw a whiskey tasting at their house, a friend of mine, and uh, you can kind of see it right behind me there. It's this whip saw with the green label there, and uh, I haven't opened it yet. But it was that was one where I tried it and I was like, holy crap, that's a great rye, and I. I've, looked all over the place and I can't find it here in Austin and, uh, and Jared ran across it in uh, Memphis and brought one back. So sweet. Who mentioned campfire? Nathan Robinson. Dude. Yeah. It's, it's really good. That's a good one. Campfires. Ridiculously good. Yep. James Pricker uh, was not a fan when we had it <laughs> when I was in Vegas. Brand. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Kilojolt said the the Pikesville rye. That's also good, and it's like, I think it's actually pretty expensive for you guys, isn't it? Um, I Pikesville know. rye. Is it? Uh, wouldn't surprise me, but I, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I mean, it's it's seriously like twenty twenty five dollars here. Um, and yeah, it's 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 on the lower end of the price scale, but it is actually. You know, the, for being as inexpensive as it is, it's it's really good. Yeah, the straight rye six year old is ninety Canadian. Wow. Okay. So like sixty five so bucks. Is that or about, whatever. Yeah. Figures, right? Yeah. 
That's um, yet another reason to fill out those surveys for the Ontario government. <laughs> Let them know what you think. Send in your surveys. Do you think? Um, do you think it will actually like make a difference? Probably not. Yeah, I mean, history history repeats itself. Is there a sure. chance? Sure, but I wouldn't hold my breath or anything. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I take that back. Mitch pointed out I am thinking of Rittenhouse. Pikesville, I think, is a bit more expensive. It's not. It's still not that expensive. The Rittenhouse is kind of the low end. I, I say low end, low end of the price scale, but still pretty good. No, you're you're totally right. Um, I was thinking of Rittenhouse. I really like the E.H. Taylor rye. You know, I haven't had that one. It makes a killer Manhattan. Nice. Yeah, that's one of the best uses for rye. I think. I don't like I don't like Manhattans, and I don't like rye. But that in a rye, uh, that it is a rye. That in a Manhattan is really really good. Mm. Although now that I've had it, and it's weird because. Um, after I had it in the Manhattan, I started liking it neat. And it's the same sort of thing that happened with bourbon, where I wasn't enjoying bourbon. And then I started mixing it in uh, um, old fashions, and I got used to it. And I started liking bourbons a little bit more, like neat. Right. So, I think, my, I think my, my body is just all messed up. I think it's because, it's because <laughs> I'm weak, isn't it? it it's probably because is. you're weak, yeah. Yeah, you need you need some girth about you. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> it's not it's not late enough for this kind of talk. I mean, it is. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up, it's next the internet. It's always strength late after dark. Oh, yeah, geez. strength after dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, this Aquamore yeah. Ten is really good. It's, it, it's it reminding is. me if you've ever had. Uh, if you've ever peeled um, like Italian uh, salami or um, supersati, the um, it's like an Italian cured pork. Yeah, yeah. Thing, right? Yeah. If you ever, it usually comes cased up, like in you know, like I think in the grocery stores it comes like an artificial casing. But if you make yeah, it at home, you can use actual natural uh, casing. Natural, natural cases. So, like, in, it's essentially intestines, right? Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Like either um, cow or sheep intestines. Um, when after it's cured and everything like that, when you peel the um, the membrane back, that's what that's what it kind of reminded me on the on the nose a little bit, which is extremely welcoming, just because of uh, I, like I'm we make it at home uh, here, and it's just like I'd never gotten it before either on the on the ten. But oh, all really? Of a sudden, it's like, oh, that's that's interesting. Mm. Yeah, the ten is very tasty. Yeah. Um, also, thank them. you, thank you, Brad, for this one. No problem. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> thank you, Brad, for this one. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it because I'm we? <laughs> no, no, no. I know, I know. I'm just busting. <laughs> uh, so. I saw it come up yet again. It reared its ugly head oh, just just oh, today, boy. even. And uh, that's right, the food coloring debate. Oh. oh yeah, the food coloring debate. Where's Wade? Wade, Wade, maybe. 
out of commission for the evening. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he might he might just be lurking in the comments. Could be. Could be. Could be. Yeah, Wade Wade's dead. Wade's dead. <laughs> He'll be alive tomorrow. Um so food coloring. Obviously a thing in scotch whiskey, sure. right? Yep. yep. Um thoughts pro con for Not against meh meh yeah. i mean as long as they're clear about it and like they're not trying to be sneaky about it mm -hmm. then i don't really care like the one of the few times that i i actually think it's legitimately dumb is like bowmore darkest has food coloring <laughs> yeah. like right okay yeah. but <laughs> what like you can't you can't do that like that's right. just stupid but right. outside of like weird sort of dumb marketing things like that, I don't really care. I mean, it it would have to be in such an extremely high amount to affect the taste at all that it's like, whatever. Sure. Yeah. And obviously, even in the cases of like people that are distilleries that, that use more than average coloring, it probably has imperceptible effect on the taste, I would imagine. Right. Yeah. Um, so J Jason Unsworth of the chat is like he he really likes the Bomar Fifteen Darkest. Well, yes, no, I I very much enjoy it. It yeah, tastes it does, great. It's, that's the thing, right? It but it's make really it bad, poorly named, <laughs> dumb marketing <laughs> thing to call it darkest if you're going to color it. Right. I I mean, like I would have a preference for natural color whenever possible. Right. Sure. Like if if it were up to me, if I was given a choice. Yeah, just keep a natural color, and I, I would hope that uh, the whiskey industry as a whole eventually gets to the point where adding color isn't necessary, and we just accept that whiskey is a natural product that's going to have color variances and isn't necessarily all that dark when it's 12 years old, let's say, right? Um, and that's okay. Um, you know, there, there is a difference. Exception, right? Yeah, there is, a, there is a little bit of, dif of a difference to me between trying to sort of balance the color on the shelf from a marketing perspective from batch to batch to batch and adding a little bit so that it looks consistent versus trying to add a significant amount to make it look dark in sort of a pulling one over on you if you're not yeah. informed sort of way. Like, right. you know, the three of us, we understand that that's a thing that happens and color is not necessarily an indicator of age or quality. And, you know, we, we get all that, but a whole lot of average people uh, can be a little bit deceived by that. So I feel like, you know, while it's not a deal breaker for me, I'd prefer that it be presented in as, in as honest of a way as possible. Sure. I would agree with that for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's what for me, I feel the same way. It's like, do I prefer that there's no color added? Yeah, but it's not, not. It doesn't deter me whatsoever in drinking the engine and enjoying the the um, the whiskey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it tastes good, it is good for sure. Yeah. yeah. So like, like it. I feel like I'm not too sure if this is right, but like, you know, remember that we were talking a couple of weeks ago about the whole whiskey boom in in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Right? Where where single malts became a lot more prominent in international markets, and it was like. It was being marketed as the gentleman's drink as opposed to the lighter vodkas and gins, which were kind of um, um, 
made out to be, you know, lighter and for women and uh, stuff yeah. like that. Right. Yeah, they so, weren't as manly. Exactly. Right. So the, the, <laughs> the clear spirit versus the super dark uh, whiskeys at the time that I'm sure were, were, were made. It was that, co- that heavy contrast between the perception now is carried through. It's just in, it, like an ingrained in everyone's mind, the darker, the richer, the more kind of refined and gentlemanly and manly you are because you're drinking this super dark, dark thing. And mm-hmm. it's totally not the case. Yeah, our big, yeah. our big, you know, that ten, the ten-year-old is like clear, clear as water, and it punches you in mm-hmm. the face. So. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you know, I mean, it's a good thing to me that that some distilleries and and you know they they treat things being uh, natural color as a point of pride, whereas other brands feel the need to add color in order to maintain consistency and have it appealing from a marketing perspective. And, and I mean, that's kind of fair, but I would just prefer it be the way it is rather than altering it, uh, whenever possible. So anyway, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I feel like it's a thing that people get like unusually passionate about (laughs) where, where, uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter that much, but I do have a preference if I'm, you know, if I'm asked, right. 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 Um, and I guess same thing, uh, chill filtering is a really, a really similar deal. Although I feel like that maybe has the greater potential to affect, affect the flavor and texture and you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it would depend on the whiskey, I'm sure, and how it's aged and everything, but it at least has the potential for altering flavor a little yeah. bit where the coloring really doesn't at the levels that it's used yeah it's tiny tiny amounts i i would love to be able to try the exact same whiskey you know chill filtered and non-chill filtered side by side and you know as close as you can get to a perfect comparison that would be really interesting that'd be super interesting anyway so you could at least see can you can you tell any sort of a difference yeah i know i like i know yeah. there's been like some weird special dalmore releases that are uncolored and, and things like that over the years but i don't know of anyone that's done like a chill filtered and a non-chill filtered of the right. exact same release right wouldn't that, that be that would interesting be, though that would be super you know like and and that doesn't mean that if it makes a difference that that makes a bad difference, right? Like it's right. just, it, no, it's it just is different. different or could be different. Yeah. So some people would probably prefer, you know, with the filtering, depending on what it is. Yeah. It's, it's all subjective, right? You're just my suspicion. I mean, like from what I know about what chill filtering is, my suspe- suspicion would be that it uh, makes the whiskey a bit more thin and light, I would think. And we know what it does if you like, add water or it gets cold you know it gets cloudy and things like that right you know yeah. but you know you know how we avoid all this how's that i just buy no, all the bunahaben ever <laughs> all the bunahaben all the bunahaben 46.7 percent something like that so i think they bottle it their lowest bottling percentage is the amount that is a perfect amount apparently for the non-chill filtering to activate. Right. Right. Sure. So they bottle it at, at, at the perfect level, all of either at the lowest that, um, which is really interesting. So yeah. And Boonahab is delicious. So 
If I only had to drink Buna Haben for the rest of my life, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, they do a great yeah. job, man. I saw, I was really tempted to pick up a limited release Buna Haben today that was there. Uh, I believe it's pronounced Moina. Um, right? Moin, the Moin Bordeaux that you, uh, that you saw. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to assume it's Moin just because Moin sounds better than Moinye. <laughs> it's got a little, it's got a little accent over the E. That's what's like making me think it's Moina. But anyway, uh, it's like, I don't think it was heavily peated, but it is definitely peated. And then red wine cask finished. Was it Bordeaux? Yeah. 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 Bordeaux. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Oloro- they did the Oloroso last year or the year before. And that's absolutely stunning. You have a sample of that, right? Yeah. We were yeah, planning we to do like that. do it on the show at some, at some point I'm kind of saving it for that. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll do that at some point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, I guess, um, sorry, you were, you were speaking about the Moin, the, the Bunahaba and the Moin. Uh, did you end up picking it up? No, I'm, I'm quite tempted to, I, so I snapped a picture of it and I sent it to Gretchen and I was like, uh, well, if anybody's asking, <laughs> you know, for Christmas gift type stuff, this would be pretty yeah. solid. Right. Um, so we'll wait and see if I don't get it next week, then I'll probably have to pick it up myself. Cause uh, Mike, uh, I'm trying to hold out for the brimstone. I got to pay for that. <laughs> oh yeah. They're coming out with the new, what brimstone PX and brimstone things. PX and brimstone redux. Hmm. Um, so two different ones, although I may just get one of the redux that was, I tried some at their 10th anniversary and it was like, a more earthy and more smoky version of regular brimstone to me. Whereas the PX was very, very special. I thought, uh, I may just get one of the PX or one of the uh, redux and then get a, a, another weeded bourbon because that, that is magical. That's some amazing, amazing stuff. So yeah, I've only got one bottle of that. Sadly. So I am weaker than you because you're so we, it's fine. It's, we're not judging. God damn it. We, so you, you went to the liquor store and didn't buy anything. I went to the liquor store today and I bought something, but it wasn't whiskey. What did you get? Okay. I was looking for whiskey and I sent you a couple of pictures. I sent you the, the Bunahabin, uh, uh, Toyech, Toyek. <laughs> what what is it with Bunahaven and making everything impossible so to pronounce? Crazy. It's it's, it's it's their I think it's their base peated uh, expression, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, yeah. I saw that I was gonna pick it up. I saw that new Canadian whiskey bread, a Bear Claw. Is it Bear Claw? Oh no bear? way! Bearface. Okay. Bearface. Bearface. Okay. I was gonna pick it up, but then I turned around and I saw beers uh and they're it was and it's it's labeled as historic ales from scotland oh cool and uh this is the this is the uh, little pamphlet that came with it oh that looks very old and fancy yeah uh and inside it it came with four four bottles and it's got a um, like a description of everything on the inside uh one of them one of the expressions is called Alba, oh, nice. which is like like oh. p- like the Puni express uh, whiskey expression. Which yeah. I, I was like, uh, I saw it. And I was like, wait a minute, what? 
Right, right, right. Yeah, but if if you haven't watched that video, Alba is Gaelic for Scotland. Nice. Which is which is which which is really cool. But yeah, I, I uh, there's four of them. I'll probably drink them at some point this week, probably tomorrow because I have the day off. And why not have some beers before going over and drinking with uh, with another YouTube uh, gentleman? So sure. yeah, uh, I'll get, I'll write down some notes maybe, and uh, next week we can talk about it. And uh, if people see the the set, at least uh, they may be inclined to try it. So yeah, that's uh, that's cool. Um, I saw Steve in the in the chat there said, to, "I'm going to call it Toy Teach." That's probably yeah. terribly yeah, butchered, but yeah, uh, Gaelic for smoky. And then um, Moina, Moin, uh, is Gaelic for Pete. I saw that on the on the box today. Yeah, they, they mentioned that on the... Yeah, so Pete, Bordeaux, Pete, Oloroso, that's, that's cool. It sounds Gaelic, like a good combo. Gaelic is interesting. I, if I had the time, I and the... Uh, facial movements for my mouth to actually pronounce and articulate <laughs> these, these words then i would i would i'd want to learn gaelic so i can just confuse the the bejesus out of people <laughs> that was a really complicated way to say pronounce yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so let's see here you had the octomore 10 already which i've got sitting here but um I've also got Ardbeg 10, the Port Charlotte 10s. I also have this Oddball from Edredor. Uh I believe that's pronounced Balakin, but... Um, I think it's called, pronounced Balichin. Balschin? Balichin. That sounds right. That sounds Balichin. 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 It's it's a heavily peated Highland uh, from a really small distillery. Uh, I think they have something like three or four employees. It's oh, like wow. tiny, small batch. I, they they carry them at specs though, which is kind of cool. Um, I I have drank about you can see roughly half this bottle, and I've had it for a long time. I won't say it's my favorite of all time, but I I grabbed it because it's ten years old. Uh, what do you guys think? I've got the Port Charlottes, I've got the Ardbeg, I've got the Octomore, and then this guy. I say go for it. Yeah. You say you took it out. Yeah. Showed the people, I mean, you took it out. You might as well have a little uh, bit. I mean, it's it was basically just to make the ball chin joke. No, not now you got. <laughs> well, now, now you have to pay for making that joke by drinking. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But I I actually just switched to Ardbeg ten, so it had to be done. Yeah. Um. Is it? I was wondering here. Uh, is it hard to get Eagle Rare since we started with Eagle Rare? Uh, is it hard to find uh, up there? It's not around. Really. It's around here and there. Yeah, it's it's not too hard to find typically. Okay. It's uh. It was on allocation the other day at Total Wine. Like Bizarre. they they got in a shipment of Blanton's and Weller One Hundred Seven and then Eagle Rare and I I got there. <laughs> I got to the store like 10 minutes after they opened and I was the third person in line and they had just posted it, you know, on social media a few minutes before that. 
Uh, yeah, that's right, Steve. Regular Eagle Rare 10 on allocation. So I got there and it was like, we, we have Eagle Rare, we've got Weller, and we've got Blanton's. Uh, pick one, one per person. I was like, damn, like Eagle Rare is not that damn hard to find. I went with the Blanton's because that's kind of the kind of the more rare one of the three. But Right. Yeah, I don't, a, a store like 15 minutes from here has 71 bottles, apparently, of Eagle Rare. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. So it's it's all over the place. It is more expensive here than it is there. It's like sixty bucks Canadian, so forty-five American, whatever, something like that. But it's around. Yeah, it's uh, it's generally around thirty to thirty-five bucks here. I'd say, which is you know, I mean, it's just one of those things that like people see Evil Rare and it has such a reputation that when when they see it on the shelf, it all gets snatched up really quickly. Sure. Uh, in Austin, anyway. So, the two stores I've been into that I've seen it have had it behind the cage. Mm. So, like, if you're not looking at like the typically the vintages and uh, the more expensive ones, uh, spirits are behind the cage. So, it, not very many people go that way. So, you can be assured if you see it behind the cage, it's going to stay there for a while. Sounds like on average it's maybe eagle medium rare. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey I don't like you right now. <laughs> okay. Oh, Mo- moving on from it. that monstrosity of a joke. So, <laughs> Donald Rance in the, the in the chat is asking what each of our top whiskeys to try in 2019 are. Mm. I I know mine. Then what is it? It's the single malt of magnificence that the crowd of barrel is in the process of making. Sure. Yes. Sure. I think that's my top one. At, at the moment, right good. off the top of my head, that's the one that I'm I'm kind of looking forward to the most. That's fair. My mine is actually gonna make James Bricker very, very happy because it's the Eagle Rare 17 that's at his house. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. I think I say you just leave it there for the next three, four years and just have <laughs> and just torture him. That's mean. That's very mean. No, you can't open it yet, buddy. That's so mean. Um yeah, aside from, you know, uh whatever cool local stuff comes out here, I would say top of my head, probably probably the Port Charlotte, what is it, MC01? Is that right? Oh, that yeah. is very you don't good. Have that? I, I have no, no, it hasn't shown up here yet, but I got a sample of it at a Bruclati tasting and it was great. Right there, right there. Right Ooh, that's there. a good point. Donald in the chat said red spot. That, Ooh. since I have actually tried yeah. the the Port Charlotte, the MCO one yeah. uh, at a tasting, I, I I might I might go red spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have uh we're gonna have fun at some point next year, trying all kinds of different Irish whiskeys. So I'm not oh, going to yes. put any of them on my list right now. Right. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. That. We'll, we'll little tease for everybody. Uh, so I have a really quick question for, actually, no, oh, Brad, Brad answered uh, for the chat. If I pour two separate pours of a five-year-old whiskey, does that make it 10-year-old? <laughs> you know, it doesn't. That's not how that works. That's I'm not asking how the that people works. If, if they, I'm asking the people what they think. I don't care what you <laughs> think. <laughs> you know it doesn't work that way. I was going to pour two two separate pours of the Octomore 
<laughs> and then dr- just drink like two ounces of it. But I guess I guess everyone says no. So that goes. Why back. not? Why not just pour four different measures of it and combine them together, and then it's you know, <laughs> years old. Yeah, math. Fine. <laughs> um, then then I'll ask this question. Does not <laughs> right? Kill, kill a jolt in the, in the chat has a very good point. If you pour a ten and a five into a glass, it's now a five, not a fifteen. That's, that's very very true. Which yeah. is accurate. Uh, or yeah. Jeffrey Patron, exactly correct. If you drink enough, then you'll just feel like a 10-year-old. Sure. If I drink enough, I'll feel like a 100-year-old when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> That's true. There is that. <laughs> That's also. true. Uh, I did see earlier um, uh, Ryan, he uh, he said Mahala said hi oh, to everybody. Oh, nice. And y'all caught, uh, what was it, yesterday's? Was it yesterday's? It was the uh, yesterday episode. Yeah, I think so. yeah, with the Michters, Rye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they struggled with that name a little bit. A little bit. I'm glad I'm not the only one. A little bit. <laughs> they did get it at the very end. They did get it right. They did get it right. So. I got it right the first time. I because I can. Did you? Yeah, oh, I knew wow. it was. I knew it was Mahela. I've nice. seen. I've seen it spelled like that before as well. Okay. Sure. So, so you that, cheated, that, is what you're saying? I didn't cheat. <laughs> I'm a victim of circumstance, I guess. Is that the right term? I don't know. Sure. I'm starting to feel it. But yeah, that was a that was a good video. I, I was laughing because I was just like, <laughs> they were struggling so hard. <laughs> yeah. That was like the entire first thirty seconds of the video. I think was was just trying to pronounce. <laughs> yeah. I felt I felt so bad yeah. too because I was like, oh my god, they're not going to be able to like magnificence her properly. Yeah, yeah, they got they, it. They worked. They it got out. there. Um, okay, I need something in my glass. So here's another question for everybody: Is a non-age statement that is a n- near identical replica of a ten-year-old considered oh, can be considered? I, I, a I know ten-year-old? what you're trying to drink. Why are you trying to trick things that aren't ten years old into being ten I years know. old? Because I don't have enough ten-year-old stuff in my in my. In my <laughs> I ran out of everything. Okay, I ran. I I, I snobbed it up and went up and uh, up two years to everything. Okay. Everyone okay. says no, so I guess I'm just gonna leave this art bag renaissance aside. So fine, I'll drink some more Octomore Ten. Oh darn! Oh darn! That's a, that's, that's a good question, Ryan. Has any Texas distillery made a 10-year-old whiskey? I don't believe so. There are, How you know, they do give that? or take 10-year-old sourced whiskeys, of course, from yeah. various uh, Texas distilleries. But, I mean, Balcones is 10 years old. I believe Garrison Brothers is also 10 years old. They both started around the same time. So, I mean, uh, Baby Blue was actually the first... Um, Whiskey distilled in Texas since Prohibition. Oh, Vito, so, Vito, St- yeah. Steve A has solved your problem. You can pour anything that's older than ten years and just add a drop of a ten year in, and you're good. That's very true. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> okay. I can. Te- I think you te- should get the oldest whiskey you have. Technically, and then put a drop of something v- ten years old. Vito, I I don't know yeah. uh, how technical you want to be, but technically everything in that Renaissance is ten years old. So if you add a ten year old age statement whiskey in there, you're kind of golden. 
I kind of, but I kind of don't want to. As I far as technicalities that, are concerned, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't do it with the Renaissance. But, yeah. yeah I, I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't do it with the Renaissance. Yeah. Uh, what's the oldest thing I have? Uh, 12, 12, 16. Yeah, it would be it would be the Lagavulin in sixteen is the oldest. You've got you've got some uh, Wiser's thirty five back there somewhere. I know. Oh, I do have. I forgot about the samples. Oh God, yeah, I do have the Wiser's thirty five. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now we're just All torturing right. Vito, and I love it. Cut, 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 cut my video, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> he I wants no that. evidence left behind. There we go. You're gone. No more veto. It's me and you, Josh. Uh-oh. Oh, shit. I See, what's weird is I can totally still see veto because I'm not watching YouTube. Secrets. I'm watching Skype. <laughs> don't don't, uh, don't break the illusion, Josh. Please, yeah. No, on, I just, did I just break the fourth wall here? Man, oh. come on. Okay, I totally don't like this ball's chin. No? Uh, no. I, I, it's not. I mean, it's not awful. I don't mean to say that it's awful. I just don't. I really don't care for it very much. Okay. Um, I understand what's going on now and it's amazing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm back. So you have Port Charlotte. Yeah, Brad? V- Vito is back. And yes, I, I do hey. have Port Charlotte. Look at that. Get up. <laughs> Happy he, holidays. He truly is the, the whiskey pixie. Is there is there an Italian Santa Claus? Is there no, like there's, an... A, there's an Italian donkey though? <laughs> okay, okay. Go on. sure. YouTube dom- YouTube Dominic the Italian donkey. It's it's one of my favorite stupid songs ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so I have poured a JP Weiss's thirty five. I'm gonna add a dash of the Octomore. Actually, you know what? I'm not gonna do the Octomore. I'm gonna pour a little bit of Talisker ten in there. Perfect. You know, that's a good point. Shouldn't you be dressed as an elf and not Santa? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There we'll you have go. to make 35, do, I guess. 35 with a dash of 10 year olds, not the 10 year old. There you go. Technicalities for the win. That sounds like a, it's almost listen, like a compass box thing to do. Listen, if there's going oh, to yeah, be listen. technicalities, you have to use them for good or only the bad people win. Much like compass box. Exactly. With their like crazy there's like, old whatever really. I can't remember what the name of it was. That was all three super, year old. Deluxe. Oh, yeah. Three year old deluxe where it was all like crazy ancient stuff. And then they had just like a little bit of three year old. Boop. There you go. It's three-year-old whiskey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like 0.06% three-year-old just, whiskey. Just to make a extra strong point about how dumb that is. Right. Yeah. I think I think their point there was like, can't I tell them the age of everything that's in it? Right. Right. Like, nope. Just the youngest. Like, okay. Well, this is a three-year-old whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Three-year-old whiskey. That's just a big f you to the industry which is awesome yeah, which i love that's great uh so yeah that that edge door wasn't doing it for me i've got uh got the old port charlotte new port charlotte and the ardbeg 10 so. do the port charlotte do a side by side of the the new and old 10 oh, that's a good oh, idea side go. by side i'll have to grab a second glencairn glass because these were all dirty 
Well, I was, I, I don't remember. I, I, I swear to God, I don't remember. And it's not because I'm drunk, but maybe it is. I rem told everyone to remind me in an hour about something. I don't remember what that was. <laughs> the perfect reminder. <laughs> I don't, I don't recall what that was either. Gretchen, Gretchen just messaged in the chat. Holy shit. Mitch has 14 10 year old whiskeys. Well done, sir. Nice. Well done. Okay, so side by side, we're going to do side by side. New Port Charlotte, 10 year old. Old Port Charlotte, 10 year old. Uh, I just have to find a way to get this plastic off of here without making too much noise. <laughs> That's always the trick. Um, I think uh, while, while I'm attempting to unsheath this whiskey here, uh, there we go. We were considering probably not doing a live stream next week and instead making a couple of short videos or like one short video a piece, right? Yeah. 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 Um, it's going to be too tough to try and figure out next week just because with all family commitments and the holidays, it's, yeah, it's, like it's I have something to... on Wednesday, Brad has something on Thursday. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's tricky. So, what, what do you think the idea should be? So what we were talking about was doing uh, each our top five whiskeys of the year. Just a quick like sit down, shoot a video, you know, give our, our favorites of what we've had this this year was kind of the thought. So yeah. Uh, like the, the guys in the chat, uh, well, the guys, the guys and ladies in the chat will let us know what uh, if they if they think that's cool. Yeah, Dan, exactly. Boxing Day. We should put them out yeah. on Boxing Day if possible. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We could do that. Okay. So here is the people are <laughs> people are sick. people are sick of just seeing my videos. So I know that's. I, I want to do, I have some great video ideas. I think, I think they're good anyway, hopefully they're good, but I'm viewing it kind of like a little art project where I'm doing it, sure. you know, just outside of work and everything, obviously just for fun. But, um, bye James. Oh, see you James. James um, has a sports puck to watch. Apparently more important. See how it is. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Well, that's fair. Um, and, uh, I, I just kind of want to put, effort into making it something different and, and, you know, kind of, kind of nerd out on the production on it and stuff like that. So I want to get a few parts and pieces to make the lighting look good and, and stuff like that. I, I really don't know much of anything about video production. So that's something I, I kind of want to dive in and, and, and learn. Uh, so that's why I haven't done it quite as much of the, uh, of the solo review type stuff. Yeah. I've, I've just been lazy. Uh, <laughs> I actually, I actually have a couple That's fair. that That's fair I'm too. in the middle of editing. So I, I will have some videos up on the channel in the very near future, including uh, one on Boxing Day with some uh, favorite whiskeys. So, there you go. Uh, so I would say just on the color, my first impression between the two is that the older one is maybe very slightly darker, but they're they're pretty close to the same color. I don't know how that shows up on the camera. Um, yeah, they look pretty similar. But 
pretty pretty much the same. Maybe very slightly no, darker. The the yeah. Yeah. So. Um. Oh, and yeah. Uh, whiskey and barbecue again. Uh, some photos of their setup. I, I think I saw that they just got some new gear with like lighting and maybe a new camera and some microphones and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're looking at it, man. I've got this microphone and a little webcam in front of me, and that's pretty much it. Aside from you know shooting video on my phone or whatever, I was going to get a gimbal, you know, to stabilize uh, mobile phone video. Sure. Um, and I was going to get just like a soft light box. Those are surprisingly inexpensive, uh, I guess. So I could, you know, maybe make some uh, bottle shots and things like that to cut into videos uh, to make it look nice. Um, but I, I really know very, very little about it. So any, any tips and suggestions I'm totally up for. Um, so what do you think? Old one first, probably taste the old one first. Yeah. Yeah. Or anyway, knows the old one first. Interesting. I always associate with Port Charlotte this almost kind of like salted licorice okay. type note to it. Yeah, yeah, but like I, I, I really don't like licorice, but it's in some way it's like it's in a way that doesn't put me off. I don't know. It's strange. It reminds me of licorice without being without being like a rye type deal. Okay. What is the name of that? There, there's a salted licorice, like candy, mm-hmm. like that's actually salted. Uh, what I don't know what you're talking about, Brad. It's like from Scandinavia or something, but I can't remember what the heck the name is. But yeah, I, I feel you. Yeah, it is. It is sort of like a, a candy that has a slight licorice tinge to it, and it's a weird. Um, you know, it's a fairly heavily peated whiskey, right? I mean, nothing like an Octomore or whatever, but uh, it's weird how when you're really acclimated to peat. I, I was watching, did you guys see the, the Scotch Test Dummies video the other day? They were, they were at Iron Root? No, I, I haven't, haven't, I haven't watched that one yet. It. It's pretty cool. I guess they have a, a, a part two coming out as well, but oh man, they they uh, they were talking to the dudes from Iron Root who are very, very cool guys. Um and and make some really interesting whiskey. They're doing some nice experimental things, uh, but they were, they made a corn whiskey, which you know their their thought was that kind of in the whiskey world doesn't get a whole lot of respect, right? Like corn whiskey is seen as kind of a lesser product, if you will, in in the whiskey world in general, right? right. And uh, so they wanted to take this corn whiskey that they make and age it some of it in port barrels and then another one they had in uh, X Isla, like peated Isla casks. They didn't say from where. Um, so they're, you know, they're like taking corn whiskey and aging it in these uh, so- somewhat exotic finishing barrels. Right. And then they were blending those two together uh, and they tried that with the scotch test dummies. It seemed pretty amazing. Like I would, I would be really, really interested to try that. That would be interesting. Yeah. Okay, so they seem really, really similar side by side, which you know isn't surprising. But I was kind of hoping, I was kind of hoping for more of a difference to pop out. We had um, we had us three 
a, a three-way comparison between the old 10, the new 10, and the MCO1 uh, at the last uh, Toronto uh, gathering, whiskey gathering. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, the Tomatin 2003. Oh, God, it, it was awful. So our friend rough, uh, David yeah. had a uh, had an an LCBO, the Ontario Liquor Control Board cask pick from Tomatin, two thousand and year, two thousand two thousand and year two thousand <laughs> two thousand and three distilled, two thousand and fourteen or fifteen bottling I think it was, and it tasted like sour like uh, uh old sour. Uh, red wine vinegar. Oh it wow, rough. And rough. It, it, yeah, it was not good. Ew. Yeah. Not so good. slightly fruity, but also sour and dry. Yeah, it's it yeah, tasted it like if you get red, good. like fr- like good red wine vinegar. Yeah. And just like pour a little bit in a glass and like leave it on the countertop for like eighteen days. <laughs> that's 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 what it smelled like. Mike, Mike in the chat has it, and you, you sir, have a a, a palate like no other, sir. Uh, I applaud you for being able to enjoy that whiskey. Yeah, unfortunately, I was just not about it whatsoever. Yeah, no, me neither. Uh, unfortunate. Yeah, sometimes like uh, I had one recently. It was like a, a a red wine finish that I felt was really unfortunate, and it's you know I really didn't like it. But uh, I've heard of other people really really enjoying it so yeah and then in roy's in in roy's stream roy aquavitis uh stream last week he had uh the rep from tomatin on and i asked him the question and he's like he's i'm just like is that normal like have you heard anything he's like well you know every year we set aside 100 casks for different um stores and markets and stuff like that so whoever your rep is you know uh i guess picked a bum cask but mm-hmm. essentially, like he's like, I haven't heard anything just because it's it it the cask is the casks are aged so that they taste different than what they offer on their main line, right? Right. So, and then that'll happen, right? Like, yeah. So yeah. It, it just that one, just that one's just uh, unfortunately, I gotta see yeah. what I can do about getting uh getting that position so that I can bring try and bring some actual good <laughs> good uh, barrels into the LCBO into Ontario so that we can enjoy them. That sure. Would nice. yeah. that would nice. But going back to the ten, the two, the old Port Charlotte tens and the MCO one, uh, I liked the, I liked the new ten a little bit better. Versus the old. Or versus, versus the old, the... but uh, yeah. comparing the two, and then the MCO one is something completely different, just because of the Marsala cask. Right. In that one, but the, I liked the new, the new ten a little bit better. I think as I've gone back and forth between them uh, now, I, I would tend to agree. Yeah. Uh, so subtle, but it's all, uh, 50%. I think they're both 50%. Is that right? Yeah. So they're both hundred proof. Same on that front. But I would say that there's kind of a, kind of a musty woody quality to the old one. Whereas there's a little bit more of a, um, slightly floral sweeter quality to the new one. At least that's the way I'm picking it up right now. Is uh, if I'm going to pick out differences between them. So both quite good, but 
I, I think I would agree that I have a, a slight preference to the new. Well, that's a good sign that they're going in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't had anything from Berkeley that I didn't like, but fair. Yeah, yeah. Even their Did gin. We... Sorry, Brian. Go ahead. Even their gin is great. Mm-hmm. It absolutely yeah, is. Their gin's fantastic. Absolutely. Um, who picked the bottles last week? Uh, I did. I think. Who picked the bottles last week for um, the Shag Mary Kill segment? That would be me. Hmm. You did, Josh. You picked three. Okay. Ardbeg ten. Lefroig ten. Talisker ten. <laughs> Brad, that, do you want to go? No, that's actually that's that's not too bad. So is that easy? Uh, yeah, really? kill, kill the Lefroig. Okay, whatever. Shag the Talisker ten. It's it's my least favorite Talisker. It's amazing, but it's my least favorite Talisker. And then marry the Ardbeg ten because I can't live without Ardbeg ten. Damn it! I thought that was going to be hard. So you you hold on. Wait a minute. You you'd kill. The Lafroig, but yeah. shag the the ten, which you don't like as much as the other Taliskers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I if it. it's between those it. three, I mean, mm. okay. So I yeah, love I, the Ard. I love the Ardbeg. I like the Talisker ten. So I'd yeah. I'd kill the Talisker ten. Shag the Lafroig ten. And marry the Ardbeg 10. You know, I'm going to go. I thought this was like, this was like devious <laughs> and hard, but hearing Brad's response, I completely agree. Completely agree. I'd go kill the Lefroig 10 because there's way better Lefroigs out there. Yeah. Prefer the uh, Talisker. But you can't, 10. you can't, you can't, you can't say that because. Like you're, you're. These are the three. Yeah. So how uh, do you like the ten, the Talisker more than the Lefroy ten? Yes. Okay. So that 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 makes more sense in the context of 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 this. That's what I'm saying. Like I would be between the three of them, I I would much prefer the Talisker to the Lefroy. And be, in Lefroy alone, that to me, you can do so much better. Yeah. Right. Jason Unsworth, Christina would be proud of us, the priestess of Pete. She has taught us well in the ways of Ardbeg. That's right. Adam, uh, Ardbeg is the basis for a good long-term relationship. I mean, it's it's foundational, right? Like, you either are on the Ardbeg train or you can get the fuck out. Hmm. (laughs) You're going to lose us some some followers, man. It's all fine. (laughs) It's all good. But Ardbeg's the best. But but it's all good though. It's, <laughs> it's all no good. matter what I you mean, like. Best as long as it's you Ardbeg. Like to drink. So long as it's Ardbeg. That's right. Yep. Um, should we fiddly bit it up? Sure. I guess so. I guess so. Why not? Fiddly. All right, uh, Brad. What do you got? I'm looking for To go along with what a couple weeks back uh, with the little mini bottles, a label maker. Yep. 
because ah, labeling yeah. your bottles nice. is always very handy, even if they're fake labels, just to confuse and aggravate people that try your samples, which is always fun. Yes, yes. Surprises are good. Fake labels are always a good time. And yeah, the, remember, the only thing that I never label you... is Canadian mist. So if, <laughs> if you ever get a sample from me that's not labeled, you know what it is. <clears throat> that one, <laughs> that first time you came to Toronto with a bunch of samples, you uh, put down the Talisker Twenty Five as just Island, <laughs> and I still have that. I still have that that sample there, wait, just like kind of like waiting for me to just sit down and enjoy it. But I was like, I, I've gone to it a couple times now, and like I looked at it, go Island. What the what the heck was that? I was like, oh yeah, the Talisker Twenty Five. <laughs> it just says island on it yeah yeah sneaky, sneaky, <laughs> that's, sneaky <awesome>. Brad. <laughs> that's funny what about uh, you josh what do you what do you got hey say what what do you Me? got for a fiddly bit well um just real quickly i wanted to show off gretchen suggested we got on the Ardbeg bus when it stopped by uh, last oh, yeah. week, and uh, they had the bottle engraver there. And in case anybody didn't see the pictures, <laughs> that's what I got engraved on there. Cult of Ardbeg. Appropriate. Totally nice. appropriate. And the uh, young, oh, the young Asian dude that was running the engraving machine was highly confused by my request. <laughs> he did not understand. Why what is I wanted, this? <laughs> he did not understand at all why I wanted that. But uh, anyway, my my recommendation. I'm going to go outside the whiskey world. I mean, you know, uh, we've uh, we've tried to keep it somewhat whiskey related, but sometimes gone you know music, movies, except that kind for, of thing. Except for, except for you, yeah, yeah. Um, I downloaded a new album this week, and anybody that uh, knows me well knows that I'm a gigantic David Bowie fan, sure. and and have been for a very, very long time. Uh, so they released his performance from a Glastonbury festival in uh, the year 2000 uh, this week, which I've been really, really enjoying listening to uh, for a couple of reasons. Not only is it David Bowie and that's my jam. I like, uh, I like his music, but um, it's mixed in a way that's very uncompressed. Right. So uh, you do get the opportunity to kind of turn your stereo up and you can hear every instrument very clearly and nothing kind of steps on anything else. It's not a very dense, compressed mix. Everything sounds very live uh, and natural, which is really cool. And uh, and there's a lot of imperfections in there, like things where he didn't quite nail the exact, you know, lyrics or, you know, there's just you can tell that it's him and his band headlining this festival and um, just having a good time and, and, and enjoying themselves. And uh, it's, I don't know, it's a lot of fun to listen to like kind of warts and all. Right. Right. Yeah, sure. Um, and I, I was fortunate enough while he was still alive to be able to see him perform live uh, on two occasions. Uh, so, you know, getting to sort of relive the the live experience of him, it was very cool. So I would totally recommend checking it out if you're if you're a fan at all. It's it's just come out in the last week. Sweet. One of the things, like even if you're not a fan, sometimes you might you, you're drawn to specific like 
uh, remasters and you know different sort of sounds from the typical right so mm -hmm. yeah no uh, i i was never a huge fan but i kind of want to try it out you know see see what it's all about again yeah it's it's just cool to you know you you hear like the the sort of perfect versions that are perfectly mixed and everything like that on a uh on a studio album but then a nice live album it sounds different right like you know they're not able to track everything separately and like record everything multiple times to get it just perfect you you know everything's sort of adapted to the live environment and it sounds like you know a band interacting with one another and and that that live feel to it's what's uh, what's really special about it nice yeah um what can i talk about i'm gonna sh honestly i'm just gonna shamelessly plug um me and whiskey rob from whiskey in the sixes um stream tomorrow night on his channel if uh if you haven't checked out his channel it's really cool you know uh a little more laid back sort of sort of uh reviews and talks and whatnot and um yeah we'll, me and him are going to be talking and sharing some uh some Italian whiskeys uh, and some other stuff that uh, we haven't had. I'm going to bring him an Eleanor, a little bit of Eleanor to try. Nice. Cool. And um, um, yeah, I'm not too sure what his cabinet holds, but I'm sure there's going to be a couple things that intrigue me. And if you guys want to come and join us for uh, for another whiskey talk this week, considering that next week is probably going to be a little bit light on the majority of the channels and you want to get your fix in this week, Let's do it. Roy Aquaviti streams tomorrow. Yep. I think at four thirty Eastern time. With uh, my my joint uh, stream with Rob is going to be at eight thirty PM Eastern time. Let's get get your fix in now and uh, yeah, join us in the chat. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of embarrassed to say that I I looked him up as a result of you uh, you getting in touch with him. Yeah. And I'd seen him around before and I thought I thought I had subscribed to him and I totally Me wasn't. Too. Yeah. I, I thought I was, right? Like and then I looked and and apparently I wasn't. So I, I did subscribe just the other day. Uh, so Yeah, so check him out. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll we'll leave it at that today, right? Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, all right. Sounds good. Yeah, so thanks, guys, for uh, joining us on episode 10. It's been a lot of fun. We're going to keep this thing going because we're having a lot of fun. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you cast strength savages. That's something new. We love you. <laughs> Is that go. a thing now? Oh, that's man. Thing. Apparently, that's a savages. thing now. Yeah. Oh, wow. Cast strength savages. That just, yeah. So, yeah. All right. See you next time. <laughs> we we and, Cheers, and, guys. And even, and even though we didn't have any free bookers tonight, we love you. Thank you. <laughs> Love you guys anyway. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers.